Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Man, I have so much revelation. <laughs> so much revelation from this cootie season of cootie that it is, I, I'm, I'm just flawed on how God does a thing. Now, I know we've been having conversations for a while, so you kind of know how my voice sounds and all that. I would like for you not to obviously point out that I do sound like maybe I could be Barry White's step cousin. Okay. Um, I don't really want you to see or experience this side of me. But listen, at this point, our telephone calls are a safe place. Okay. Judge free phone calls um we don't gossip about people's grandbabies even if i'm the grandbaby okay uh i don't care what it sounds like i'm on my way back to healing okay um i got like one more bus and a train transfer and then uh guess what (laughs) your girl's back i ain't got nothing else to tell you and let me tell you this though but when i do get a hundred percent i'm finna act out I'm not even going to hold you. I'm going to act out so much. You going to try to look up daycare fees to see how to uh, get me contained. <laughs> you say, um, You going to look up etiquette classes because the behavior, I'm not going to have none. You understand? I just want to make sure you, no, no, because I want to make sure you clear. Because if you're going to talk about me bad, then I'm going to act out. Like, however you getting ready to be judgmental, just know I'm going to show up and I'm going to, I'm going to be present in that situation. You understand? Um, But let me get back to the other side of um, maturity so the Holy Spirit can use me. Listen, let me tell you something about what this season, again, has showed me to the umpteen power. I don't think we realize how simplistic our part is in the partnership of, of following the Lord. I don't think we realize how simplistic our part is. I think there are one or two people in the world, and I'm going to go out and just be bold enough to say it. I think there are the people that do absolutely the barest of all the minimums, okay? Um, Minimalist in the spirit, something so ridiculous. Like you want God to make you the CEO of something and you won't keep a job. It like jobs are cooties to you. Okay. Um, you aren't doing anything to better yourself. You aren't even like on the scale from zero to like 10 in the trying department. You're in the negatives. There's nothing in you, nothing on you, nothing that you have planned that says, I'm going to try to put my foot in the right direction. So those are the, the group of people that's like, listen, I'm going to just use God as a genie. It's going to be hocus pocus in this thing called life. Nah, I know I don't save nothing, but I want to be a millionaire. You know, I'm going to be, I'm a speaking, I'm a claiming, I'm a, you can do all that you uh want to do, but what you should realize about God is that you're going to have to manifest and physically do some stuff. Give God something to bless. Do not be okay with being a parked car and thinking that you're going to get some mileage to greatness. Absolutely not. I don't know who raised you, but I can tell you one thing. Their macaroni and cheese were no good. Okay? And and I will at you. Yeah, that's disrespect. I'm coming for whoever raised you. Macaroni and cheese is box. Is 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 crap. It's craft crap. 
Okay. Listen, and see me, do what, you, do what you will on the streets. I'm just advocating for the Lord, okay? Doing the Lord's work in these streets. And then there's the second group of people who you truly want to do God's will. You truly want to be action-packed. The problem is, is that you're doing too much. You are trying to f- figure out how to produce and bring forth your heart's desires, your biggest dreams, your I'm going to do and I'm going to work and I'm going to network and I'm going to like you are putting forth so much effort that you literally are suffocating the part where God can go ahead and do what only he can do. Then there's the wise group of people who fall comfortably in the middle of that. They do just enough to go ahead and show that they have some faith and they're standing in expectation, but they don't do too much. They, they are reclined and relaxed in the Lord. Um, those are, those are the grandbabies of brilliance. Mm-hmm. Their prenatal package, whatever, however it was selected was premium top of the line, creme de la creme, if you will. And I'm going to go ahead and be honest. I'm going to raise my hand. It's the right one to be exact. I was uh, the second group of grandbabies where I wanted to work for my blessing, which is idiotic. Um, And I'm speaking about myself so I can use that word because you can't work for the things that God has for you. I think God brilliantly allowed for the first gift of salvation to be given to us so that we can see you'll never be able to work for what God has for you. There are just some things that you're going to have to be okay with, bro. You just going to bless me just because? Mm-hmm. Like I now understand how Peter felt when Jesus told him to go ahead and put his net over there a little bit to the left and to the deep. And Peter was like, okay, so there are so many fish that the fish were breaking his nets. He had to call all over reinforcements for his homeboys to come in and get their nets and go ahead and do. And so in that moment, Jesus blessed Peter beyond what he input. It wasn't like Peter was, I mean, Peter was out there all night previously, but that just goes to show, and that's a revelation right there. What happens when you do all the things you out there all night, you grinding, you putting in all the work, you got all the networking phone numbers, you know all the hot spots where, you know, if you can just get being the company of such and such, you have all the accolades, you have all the degrees, you have all the experience. And what happens when all your works equates to nothing? What happens when everything that you tried to conjure up and put together produces nothing? That is the equivalent to what Peter did to me. He was out there all night fishing all night. I'm sure that was way past the time frame allotted for, bro, you know, people don't fish at night for a reason. So, but you just was the overachiever. You was just going to keep doing, keep doing. And what you didn't realize is that all you needed was one word, one piece of directive from Jesus. And as soon as you did, abundance flowed. You literally had no say and how much you were getting ready to incur. 
But when you get one directive from Jesus, it produces abundance and it out it outshined your greatest effort. Do you understand how powerful that is? That is exactly what this season has taught me. This season of catching the 2021, 22, 23 uh, COVID package, okay, has taught me you cannot rely on your own efforts to produce the things that God has for you. You just can't. I remember reading a devotional some time ago, and it was really starting to just debunk works of the flesh. Like, do you really believe that the, it was the Israelite scream that made the Jericho walls come down? You really think that it was, okay, they're going to walk around this wall for six days. They're not going to say nothing. And then the seventh day when Joshua said whatever he was getting ready to say, whatever his, you know, now or whatever the key word was, that when they played all their instruments and they raw and they did all that, that that's what made the Jericho walls come down. You really believe, um, matter of fact, let's go ahead and debunk it. What action from the Israelites uh, held the Red Sea until the last person crossed over safely. Like, I know that you want to believe you studied to umptivity, and that's what produced that particular grade. Uh, you applied at the right time, and, and, you know, you said the right things in the interview, and that's what produced for you to go ahead out of everybody else and get that particular promotion or that, that job opportunity. I know you want to believe that it was your credit score and the fact that you were able to save up however much to save up that got you that tangible big ticket item, be it a house, be it a car, whatever the case may be. I know you want to believe that because you know such and such, you always got your ears to the street, so you kind of have a one-up than everybody else. I know you want to believe that it is what is whatever in your back pocket, your phone, your brain, whatever. I know you want to believe that is you, but I need you to understand that you are simply the glove. God was always the hand. God was always the hand. I never went into any Dollar Tree, any Walmart, pick a store. I never once went into the oven, oven mitt, that area with the kitchen stuff and all that. I never saw uh, food being produced in those aisles. I, I never seen or smelled any Thanksgiving dinner being made uh, in, in the midst of the oven mitts. That is how foolish it would be for you to think that you are behind the design of something great being produced. You are the oven mitt. God is truly the hand that is orchestrating all of these things to come together. And that's not to say that you don't have a part. That's just to say that your role is very insignificant. That if God wanted to, he can choose anybody. When Moses didn't do what he was supposed to be doing, he was like, I, bro, I tried. Josh, Joshua, come in, put your phone down. Um, what you doing? Yeah, be brave and strong, be brave and strong, be brave and strong. Come on, boy. It's time for you to do what you've been doing. 
God can choose anybody. Be elated that he chose you. Don't ever get to a Lucifer mindset where you start to feel like, <laughs> I can do this on my own. I, I, I've been doing this for years. I know how to do such and such. <laughs> I'm not ugly. I can pull whoever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, listen, I can walk into any establishment. And I'm single because I want to be. I can choose. And you can keep having that. And there's only one way for me to put it. That's a Lucifer mindset. Lucifer started to look at God after a while and was like, bro, there's nothing special about you. I can do this by myself. Yeah, it started to be that competitive, like, I mean, honestly, anything you can do, I can do better. Like, oh. And while we may not go to that extent, be very careful of the subtleties of the, you're not even praying about situations no more because you feel like you got it now. Yeah, you're not leaning on God for that particular whatever fill in the blank because this is you know it's not like it's your first time anymore your first time you needed God but now you got it be careful of how you so quickly are tempted to take off the training wheels on any part of your life because you think that you can balance it by yourself now we truly need to keep a posture of God in every area of my life I don't care how big I get how tall I get how old I get I'm going to always approach things when it comes to you with a helmet, knee pads, and training wheels because I am not idiotic enough to believe that I'm the one balancing all of this. Even when I get confident, that's only because you bless me enough to know that you're balancing me. Even when I feel like, you know what, I, I, I'm pretty good at this. I'm always going to revert back to and that's only because you give me the mindset to keep this information. You make my brain healthy enough to keep some of this. You produce a relationship between the Holy Spirit and I where I can conjure up these great ideas. I know these ideas aren't coming from me, but I'm thankful that you're using me to even produce this level of, of excellence. I'm thankful that the shell that you gave me, you, you did go ahead and produce the things that, listen, I know it's not the works of my hands. I know it's not. And once you get to that level of spiritual training, Wills, you made it. You have absolutely made it at that point. Let me explain something to you. When I was on uh, the cootie bed, right, I had literally, these were the things that were in the queue. I had a week left of graduate school, so I had two papers left. I also had, uh, we were in the midst of signing the contract on our new construction home. I also had some things pending out of this world for work. I literally, which what usually would have taken me in writing a paper, maybe max three days. I literally was on the same paragraph for like four days. And I had to write for the first paper. It had to be a seven to eight page paper. And then the second one was a three to four page paper. In my right being, my right state of mind, I would have knocked both of those out quick, fast, in a hurry. For the first time in that season of my life, I didn't have it in me. I literally was like, bruh, I don't, I couldn't formulate thoughts the way that I usually formulate it. I couldn't, it just was like, I have 
no idea how long this is going to take me, but I'm clear that I need an extension. Then with signing the contract, bruh, you want me to read all of it? I don't have it in me. So I had to lean heavily on my husband. Like, I need you to look through and make sure they're not asking for us to sacrifice any of our limbs, toenails. Like, I need you to go ahead. And I had the only power or strength that I had was delegating who was going to do it because I didn't have the strength to do it. And it literally led me to the Holy Spirit reminded me of the story of Moses. And it was powerful for me because... For someone who takes great pride in a good way, that I'm holding stuff together, that I'm a good mom because fill in the blank, that I'm a good wife because fill in the blank, that I'm an excellent worker because fill in the blank, that I'm I'm a good planner because fill in the blank, that I budget well because fill in the blank, that I had all these different things that I was proud of myself because of what I was able to do. And for 14 days, God showed me when I take away all that you think you're doing, The only thing that you're going to be able to do is be present enough for me to do it. Let me tell you something about how humbling that was. I mean, you talk about chin check. Oh, yeah, God, I'm surprised I have all my teeth, okay? Because the chippeth thereof was just like, my bad, God. Like, I didn't know. And that's the beauty of walking with the Lord. He will let you be naive to the point that he's like, time to grow up now. I had no idea. I I, I took great pride. I'm always going to be blessable because, you know, I'm good with money. And I'm always going to. And what if it's just that God blesses you because he just wants to bless you and it's nothing that you are particularly doing. It's just because, like the Bible says, you get favor with God and man. No, maybe you ever thought about that? Like, what, what, what did you think that you were doing that was so fantastical that God was like, ah, to everybody, I, I just got to keep doing A, B, and C because of you keep doing A, B, and C. No, like, what if it was just because? Like, why did he wake you up this morning? Because you set your alarm clock in a certain way? Or, like, what did you do so fantastical that he decided to continue your contract in the breathing realm? nothing it's just the fact that once you really start to understand and and I'm gonna go there for a minute it's almost like the alarm clock taking credit for waking you up I'm sorry yeah it's like the manufacturer of the alarm clock taking pride in the fact that people around the world wake up because of what he or she did in at one time in that in that factory no That is as idiotic as you thinking that anything that is produced good in your life is because of what you do in your personal life. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Um, Take a different posture, please, so that God doesn't have to humble you something so ridiculously. And I want to show you it in the biblical sense. Let's go to Exodus 17. You know, I read in the NLT version, right? This is where... Uh, the Israelites were getting ready to defeat the Amicalites. And I want to just jump, let's just, uh, let's just go to eight. While the people of Israel were still at Rephdemin, I don't know what that is, but that's how we're going to pronounce it today. The warriors of Amalek attacked them. Nine, 
Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. Oh, you sound confident, Moses. Cool. Ten. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. Eleven. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Twelve. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands had held steady until sunset. 13. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the battle. Let me explain something to you. We can stop there. All of this is showing that in and of itself, y'all not responsible for nothing. It would have been idiotic for Joshua to think that he's down there doing something great. Oh, you thought it was because you were vegetarian or the way that you eat or the way that you train in the gym or because, you know, what you get your good sleep before, you know, a test or whatever it is. You thought that it was really something that you did that caused you to get that particular victory. Joshua, you had no idea that it was Moses up there doing what God told him to do that kept you. And Moses, you have no idea that you can't keep nobody that um, yeah, you tried to keep your arms up, and that didn't even do well. Uh, so you literally only had the shrimp to be what? To be present. And it took for you to have to sit on a stone for Aaron and her to be on each side of you holding your arms up. So it wasn't even you. Aaron, you, you thought it was you because you was the best hand holder upper? That that's why Joshua was able to go down there and do what he was doing. Her, did you think it was you? It wasn't Aaron. It wasn't her. It wasn't Moses. It wasn't Joshua. It wasn't nothing else but God simply wanted to use four different people to bring one thing to pass. That God was like, if you are obedient enough to be present I can go ahead and do some miraculous things through people who just understand that your minuscule, insignificant by itself role is all a part of a bigger plan to make something miraculous occur through the realm that only God can do. Do you understand, Joshua, it was not you. Moses, it was not you. Aaron, it was not you. Her, it was not you, but the collective efforts of people being present enough to say, God, if you choose to use anybody, you can use me. And none of their roles were insignificant. Moses sitting on that stone was as significant as Joshua down there doing the dirty work. Aaron and her holding up Moses' arms because he was too tired to do so was as significant as Joshua down there using a sword, killing, shedding blood, doing all of that. 
And that's a problem with a lot of people. A lot of people don't show up in small roles because they feel like it's not significant enough. The janitor is just as significant as the CEO. And that's not even to be cliche. Who's going to clean these bathrooms? So that when people can go and have to relieve themselves, they can do it with dignity. Can you imagine walking into an establishment and it smelling like a gas station bathroom? That says more about the company than the person who's leading the company. Do you understand that? We have to get our mindsets to the point that we take great, not pride, but we feel as honorable being present than actually doing some of the greatest works. My mindset has completely shifted. I take pride now in being present. I take pride now in just giving the Lord literally my yes and my amen. I truly now understand I am just the oven mitt. I truly understand the impact on just showing up. Just show up. When I was having that conversation with you, and I know you heard it in my voice, you were like, yo, she really doesn't feel well. When I was able to recall how I felt, I know that that was God. Usually when I'm on the phone with you, I'm sitting in a certain way. I got a certain tenacity about me. I'm excited. I wish that I could have turned on a camera to show you how I was. I was slumped over, literally trying to just sit in a posture that will allow me to feel like uh, my breathing wasn't restricted. I literally felt like Moses or the closest that I think that it would have been to feel like Moses in that time. I only had enough strength to speak into the telephone. I, to hold the phone in my hand in the first place. Everything else that came of that was God. It was literally the anointing working. It was not me. So I had to literally repent. Every idea that I thought that I had a great idea that I, mm, because I studied before I, you know, and I went through and I, and I did this, that, and the third before I called you. So this was going to be anointed. God had to literally break me down to pieces to show me, no, ma'am, it is me. And as much as you want to feel like you are co-partnering with me in anything, I need you to understand that you have the most present insignificant but valuable portion which is show up show up it wasn't me that caught up on my work at on my tasks at work it wasn't me that strategically found this new construction home where it was perfectly aligned that by the time we were next to get our lot to choose the lot that we wanted we got the biggest piece of land in the entire hear me in the entire subdivision I couldn't take credit for any of that I couldn't take credit for any for the first time in my life I literally could only say yo it was God 
I couldn't say something told me and then I did. It was literally God. So that is my challenge to you. I want you to relinquish the need to give yourself credit for anything. Yes, you are doing some things, but I promise you it is so insignificant in comparison to what God is actually doing. I challenge you to go forward to live a life where you say, literally, it was, it's almost like being in the womb all over again. You are dependent on God and your growth is only being produced because you're present. That's like a newborn saying, yeah, yeah, I got myself to be nine pounds. I got myself to, no, 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 no. Can I say something to you? You did something. But the biggest thing that you ever did was be present. Just be present. And take, not pride, but feel good about that. That your biggest role is just to lean on God. That your biggest role is to just show up. And when you get tired, like Moses' arms, God's going to send reinforcements. And when you down there and you feeling like you, you fighting off the things that God told you to do, that you doing the God's will, that you doing God's work. And sometimes it feels like, well, how come I don't have the advantage anymore? I feel like I'm losing my touch. Don't worry. God's going to send somebody uh, that he's going to go ahead and give them the wisdom to let Moses just sit on a stone so that you can continue to have the advantage. All of that collectively should produce for you to understand you do not single-handedly bring anything forth. Any heart's desire, any dream, any prayer for a particular family member, anything, nothing that you can produce in your heart or produce in your mind as a thought is ever going to be single-handedly produced solely by you. Nothing. The only thing that is guaranteed your only advantage is be present enough to see how God is going to bring it to pass. And can I say another thing? To be thankful enough that God would allow you the inside scoop to see it come to pass. Wow. Wow. To let Moses... Aaron and her see the the part that you're doing. Look at what Joshua is able to do. All of it collectively was small pieces to a bigger puzzle that God already had orchestrated. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's not you. It's you showing up and letting God use you. I feel like you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody else is going to have with you, conversations that when the average person goes through something, they try to hide. But I'm going to go ahead and expose that we can always have forever fruit to learn and eat from. Do you understand that? <coughs> oh, excuse me. Listen, I may have to go ahead and subside and do something with this uh, Barry White itch. But... uh. You, you already know what it is at this point, and you should. But 
I'm a, I feel another cough coming on. So I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go, and I'm going to do something um, home remedy style. I got to figure it out. But I'll talk to you later, okay? <laughs> Crap. Later. <laughs>